Are you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. Hello there. My name is Casey, and I'm joined by the wonderful Laura Kate Dale. For Hello, it's it's me. I'm here for yet unknown, unnamed podcast. We we threw some names around. We had some some tentative names. I don't know Tentacle wh- whether we'll use any of them. <laughs> yeah, we're here to chat some horror for a little bit. Yeah. So anything, anything horror, games, movies, books, podcasts, TV shows, anime, whatever, whatever tickles our fancy. Yeah, we had a little bit of spooky season energy. We wanted to direct it something, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna talk about spooky things. Do you have a spooky thing you've played you'd like to start with, maybe? I would love to start with Darkwood. Which is a game that I've been streaming on Twitch. I've seen you streaming a little bit of this. It seems really interesting. It is incredibly good. And it's a game that came out a few years ago. And I had been following the development since it was in early access. And I I picked it up after it released in 1.0 or something. Mm. I can't remember when exactly. But I picked it up after, after sometime after the full release. And I tried to play it, and I was too creeped out to get past the to get past the intro prologue. <laughs> this game is so effective. So, this spooky season, I've uh, decided I'm making a proper go of this. Let's at least get past the uh, get past the uh, tutorial prologue. That's a good start. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so it's a sort of top-down, pixely uh, horror game of some kind, from what I've seen. Um, Are are there resource-managing elements? Because I saw, like, you turning off a generator, trying to, like, not use up its fuel and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, It's it's a sort of crafting survival game, but light crafting survival. You've no... You don't exactly have any health, uh, uh, sorry, food meters and such to manage, but there's light, light crafting survival elements. Think of the game, if you've not seen it, think of it like a Hotline Miami perspective, but with the caveat that you can only see what is in your character's field of view. And the game mm-hmm. does this amazing thing. It feels so claustrophobic because yeah, of it. Got- You've got that very limited uh, vision cone to deal with, and as such, like anything outside of it doesn't exist. Can't see it, don't know what it is. But you can hear it. You can hear it. And that's something that the game does wonderfully. The sound design, every creak and crack that you hear, snapping of a twig, you, you become very, very hyper alert, and it's always ramping up the tension so it's got a simple little gameplay loop of going out and exploring and advancing the plot during the daytime, mm. while at night time, bunking up in your little shack and fending off the horrors of the night. And it gets so tense. So I've been enjoying the hell out of that. It it seems really interesting. Um, I saw you were playing it in a sort of... Um... Iron Man, one one life, uh, one death and you're dead kind of mode. I assume that's not the only mode for it. 
No, um, I started off in the nightmare difficulty, which is you you die in you die once and it deletes your file. You're you're gone. Yeah. Um. I wanted to give that a go to see what it was like, and I I, I think that helped up the tension a lot. And then I just started at normal difficulty. Um, if you die, you wake up back at your cabin. And you can go. You've you've lost some of some of your resources, but not all. Okay. And you can go back and collect your missing stuff. Then afterwards, it's it isn't too punishing. I think the only punishment is that you gain reputation by surviving mm. the night. So if you if okay. you if you die during the night, you don't you don't get your you don't get the reputation in the morning, which is what the game what 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 the game's currency is so it's kind of it is a little setback but it's okay. not too punishing and and surviving the night and getting reputation does that let you get things that will help you survive better in the following day is that exactly. sort of set up more resources yeah uh now that you're not playing it on the one death and you're done difficulty have you been getting further into it and I've, been able to see more of it yeah i've been getting way further into it just, just from the early stuff I saw, it, it's got some interesting, um, considering its low visual nature, it does some very good unsettling imagery. It really does. There was, there was at some point just a very fleshy, angry mound of something that was like, oh, oh, that is more detailed than I expected. Yeah, sometimes you you can get very uh, very detailed um, character portraits. Everything everything in the world seems seems slightly obscured and not not quite. Um, the perspective hides a lot of details, so you're never quite sure what you're looking at. But certain objects in the world and certain things that you can interact with and character portraits are incredibly detailed. So one of the first characters you meet in the game is the the Wolfman. You get very close to him and you can see there's this marvelous little detail where he's he's wearing a big a big jacket and a big hoodie to kind of hide hide his um whatever's going on with him. And he has a <laughs> he has a bullet hole in his in the chest of his jacket and you kind of you kind of wonder was he wearing it when that bullet hole was put there? Mm. Or is he wearing it because that bullet <laughs> hole was put there and he took it off whoever? It's, it's, it, there's so much little details that just that just excite the imagination. It's, it's a game that definitely capitalizes on the player's imagination doing some heavy lifting. And it, it, just, it, it, just, it just sets something off there and you go, what the fuck? What was that? Like one of the creepiest things in the entire game was at night someone set off a flare outside the hideout. Mm. I haven't seen it happen since. <laughs> don't know. Don't know what happened there, but Jesus, that creeped me out. <laughs> it's a marvelous game. It's. It sounds. It sounds marvelous. That's lovely. So you, what have what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Um, 
Well, the main thing I've been playing recently to get in the spooky season mood is I've been replaying Alien Isolation, um, which I play through it once every, probably once a year, maybe once every couple of years. Um, for anyone who hasn't played it, it is a sort of first-person alien uh, alien game. You play as, as uh, a character who's on a spaceship. Oh, I'm sure everything's fine. Oh no, there's a big scary monster. Typical sort of alien setup. Um, what I really like about that game, and I've always really liked about it, is the way it handles persistent low-level tension of there is a thing, it is very, very deadly, I can't do much about it other than try and keep aware of where it is and not let it find me. And, I mean, I don't know what's going on exactly in the game as to whether, I don't know whether it cheats a little bit with where the alien is, but it feels like the alien is having to physically move everywhere it goes. It doesn't feel like it's just popping out of nowhere in spots that it shouldn't be able to exist. Um, but it is, it is just a very good game about having one persistent threat that you just have to constantly be thinking about. And I really like that in horror. I really like that sort of... It's not You're not always going to be running, there's going to be quiet moments, but it's always going to be in the back of your head that this thing is there and it's deadly. It's a game It's a game that I need to play at some point. I've owned it for quite some time and I've been a complete wuss about uh, yeah. actually finally getting down to, down to playing it. It's it's one that like I have put off for a long time as well. Um, I, I I really love it now that I've played it, but like I bought it and was like, I, am I am am I ready to just be low level anxious for multiple hours? And I'm glad I did play through it. It's it's great, but that the first playthrough in particular, before you've really got a sense of how this thing will and will not discover you, there is a lot of tension in. There's some deliberately ambiguous rules about how this thing senses you and when you are safe from it and when you are not. And usually I'd be critical of a game doing that, of being like not being terribly clear about your safety states, but I think it really works for something like this, where there are certain places where you're like, I'm very, very confident I'm safe here, and others where it's like, I might be safe, I don't know, I'll give it a try, please walk past me and leave. It is one I definitely have to get around to. I've been using the spooky season as a uh, as an excuse to to pick back up some stuff that I uh, mm. that I have haven't tried because I find I find that um, I find that I am a little braver when streaming because I have the audience there. It kind of yeah. kind of feels like I'm not alone. We are doing this together. It's. It's always easier to experience horror media when you have someone safe around you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, on, on a similar theme, um, definitely not as spooky, but I've been playing a lot of games this month that have had themes of basically unkillable creature that you have to constantly run or hide from. Uh, I've, I've been playing a little bit of Metroid Dread over the last few days, um, which... It's a 2D Metroid game, but the gimmick for this one is there are basically unkillable robots 
walking around and any time that you are in their vicinity, you are having to make very calculated stay quiet, when do I move, oh no, they've spotted me, run, try and get out of their range kind of decisions. Which, it, it's it's definitely not as overall, like, just constantly tense as something like Alien Isolation, but it's been scratching that same itch of, I just want to constantly know that something that I can't just fight off is very close. Hmm. I haven't, I haven't uh, played any of the Metroids at all. I've never... Never had a Nintendo console, so that's something that skipped me by. But that's I've I've heard a lot of people really enamored with Metroid Dread, so I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad it's good. Yeah. I it's it's been good. It's been tense and spooky. Um, also, just as a side note, uh, you know those sort of games where like ah, you've got to explore a big. Uh, non-linear environment. It can be a bit complicated sometimes yeah. to work out. I have a new ability. Where can I go now? Uh, the map in this one will just label places that you can't go with question marks, and if you get an ability that will let you go that way, it will go, oh, you now have the ability. This ability will get you there. Oh, that's lovely. It's made it so nice for just being able to work out what I'm doing. Yeah, I I like I like a lot of Metroidvanias. Um, Something, something that I find uh, it's it, it can be very easy to get lost, and I enjoy the exploration and trying to figure out where to go next and what to do next. That's something that I do enjoy. So, but um, glad to glad to hear that um, for some for somebody who might not enjoy that quite as much that it has the little little indicators yeah i like i i enjoy that to a degree but i have uh, i have a condition called aphantasia i'm really bad at holding visual information in my head and imagining visual information and that yeah. can make getting lost a really big like i can get lost for considerably longer than other people probably would which can make those games frustrating so it's nice to have that feature there and i still have to get past the near unkillable murder robots to go where I'm going so there's still tension to be enjoyed mm. yeah uh, shall we move on to things we've watched is there anything you've watched that's been a bit spooky you'd like to talk about oh I'd love to talk about some spooky stuff uh, I suppose most recently now I've watched the movie Blood Quantum which, if you've not heard Ooh. about this, it's it is a Canadian indigenous movie that's made by like the 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 entire cast is is it's set in a reservation. They're indigenous people, and the the sort of the sort of hook with this is that the the people in the in the reservation are immune to the whatever zombie virus is is mm. happening, and. It it is a fascinating movie. It it kind of goes places you don't expect. It's a bit gory. It's a little bit tropish. But it is it is a very 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 welcome twist on on the typical horror horror genre uh, zombie genre, which is something that I've been I've been enjoying a lot of lately. I got very bored of zombie movies or anything in recent years. I kind of got very I think it was at the height of The Walking Dead where I just got 
like it, it hit peak saturation and I, ju- I was just I was over zombies yeah zombies had a real spell of being used for one thing and one thing only which was slow moving shambling big group threat usually in stories where the real monster is humanity it was usually the thing and like that was repeated a lot for many years and i just i, I agree with you i got really bored of zombie stuff for a yeah. while so recently um some some media has has kind of has kind of reinvigorated the genre for me where films like Train to Busan, or the the show mm. Kingdom, yeah, marvelous stuff, and it's just it's just kind of like oh, and I mean even 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 Kingdom, it it is very, it is very that sort of trope that yeah pe- people they're the real monsters yeah, but it does it in such such a it it it's done well it's done so yes. To, it is done to perfection, and I, I, I was obsessed with this show, and uh, so yeah, um, Blood Quantum is another kind of oh, yeah. This this is good again. Uh, so nice. that's that's one. It's it's on it's on the streaming service Shudder. So I don't know if mm, if you yeah. if you have that, but there's some good movies on there. There's lots of. Um, smaller kind of independent movies and you know it's 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 marvelous it's something like this uh came out in 2019 yeah so how about you have you watched anything particularly spooky or i went back and rewatched us uh for the first time uh so i i watched it when it first came out in the cinema and it was fascinating it was fantastic i really enjoyed it and i Wanted to wait until I had, like, a good time to be like, I want to sit down and focus on my rewatch of this, and I want to be doing it while I'm doing something else, and, oh, mmm, that film is so good. Um, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, it is the second film from director Jordan Peele. Um, the general premise is that, um... There is a woman who, as a child, remembers having a very strange interaction with someone who looked like her in a hall of mirrors in a funfair when she was a child. Uh, She has a lot of nightmares about it. She's gone with her family to go on a holiday somewhere kind of near where that happened. And in the middle of the night, this family encounter what appears to be a set of doppelgangers of themselves who are very unhappy with them, and it's very unclear initially what it is that they want, other than they are very uncanny in how they're being performed, and they seem intent on being the only version of them to be around. Um, In terms of the acting in this film, all of the core actors who play essentially two roles um, of themselves and their doppelgangers do really, really fantastic work at um, making two distinct characterizations that are performed differently but still feel inherently the same person. Like, walking that line between uncanny mirror version of a person 
I, I feel like the whole cast nails that and gets it done really well. Um, I think that the film uses really good use of humour to punctuate the tension so that there are peaks and valleys in the the pacing of it. And I think that the way that the film resolves is fascinating and very much justifies a rewatch. It is one of those films that I feel like I got so much more out of the experience on a second viewing because I was able to look out for certain things and see that there was perhaps more to the performances than I had initially picked up on. And yeah, it is a it is a great film on the first watch. It is a very different, also very good viewing on the second watch. We'll have to give that another look because I saw it in the cinema and I adored it. And indeed, I I I I bought the Blu-ray as well, and I I've yet to give it a look see. But I I've I've been putting it off as well, and I finally got around to it. And um, if you remember sort of how that ended, oh, I and keep that in mind while watching it. There's a lot of very interesting nods throughout the film that build to where it's going. Mm. Um, yeah, I honestly, I just, I love Jordan. Jordan Peele makes absolutely fantastic films. Um, for someone who was like essentially a first time, first time direct uh, writer and director when he did uh, Get Out, knocked it out of the park on the first, first try and proved it wasn't a fluke on the second. He is very, very talented at unsettling uncanny slow build horror and it's it's interesting that he had a comedy background because i i find there is there is a there's a bit of a link between comedy and horror in the sense that it is it is often about subver- subverting expectations and mm. timing and Building tension as well. It's building up to an expected release of tension. Yeah. And then subverting either when or how you subvert that expectation. Exactly. So it it is... It is... Yeah. Like, some it, people are surprised that he was a fantastic comedian. And are, we're a little surprised that, oh, wow, he really knows horror. And... I don't think yeah. that's uh, that's that much of a surprise. Yeah, and I I think that's why not only um do you see a lot of um people moving between horror and comedy creation, but I think it's why there's a reasonable amount of media that mixes the two in together. You've got stuff like um Ash versus the Evil Dead, oh, yeah. um what we do in the shadows, um Shaun of the Dead. Sh- yeah, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog is a children's example. Like, there is a line bl- blending between horror and comedy that, like, I feel like you can get away with more in a horror if you know how to use a little bit of comedy to ease things back up. Like, I think it's a useful tool to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I understand how it works. I'm still always surprised when comedy people end up being as fantastic as they are at horror. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's everything horror I've been watching. Have you got anything else? Um, 
I was watching, I watched uh, Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass. I don't know if you've, have you seen this? Oh no, I've heard a lot about it though, but uh, t- tell me, tell us about it. It's, so I, I, I kind of, um, there's a bit of a slow build to it and I kind of don't want to say exactly what's going on in it because I, I went into this knowing as little as I possibly could because I've I've ever since Doctor Sleep I've been a fan of uh, Mike Flanagan's work. Um, mm. He 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 really really does some good stuff. So binge watched um, ha- Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. Marvelous stuff and like I I knew so little about it going in and just dove straight into it. I kind of don't want to say too much to spoil it, but um, oh, it's it's marvelous. Yeah. Uh, right. Should we move on to some some horrory things we've listened to? If we've got any, I'd love to hear about that. Well, uh, I have been re-listening to a really good horror podcast. I enjoy a lot. Um, this is my second listen through of it. It's called The Magnus Archives. Um. All of the episodes are about 20 minutes long, they're all pretty short, and the conceit is that you're listening to someone who works in this uh, this building called the Magnus Institute, reading people's statements of horror or supernatural things they claim to have experienced, and it's told through the lens of someone who is deeply sceptical that any of this is real, uh, but it is sort of recounting people's experiences and, you know, it'll be 20 minutes of a little isolated horror story and then end with a few minutes of, oh yeah, this is probably what happened, though. Okay. The podcast runs for about 160 episodes, I think. Um, And as it goes on, it I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say it becomes a bit more apparent that there is more there is some reality to the, the the horror things that are happening and that builds into a bigger plot that involves the the narrator becomes a bit more of the plot but it's a really good horror podcast in terms of um very effective short form horror storytelling um each of the little horror stories you get is very disconnected from the others it's very here is a full story told in 20 minutes very concisely with very good um acting and sort of audio work around it to sort of really build up the te- the, the tension of what's going on. Mm. They do a very good mix of different types of common, very relatable horrors uh, that are rooted in things that, like, most people could see. Yeah, I can see how that's a scary thing. We'll dig into that and exploring lots of different aspects of those core things that most people would find horror material in um yeah they do a very very good job of having like a good broad variety of different horror topics covered and all covered to a very consistent level of quality um there it's a show that i would recommend if you have any particular phobias like maybe look at the episode descriptions before you listen to each one because like if there is one that is about a particular thing that you have a, a fear or a phobia around, 
they can get pretty intense. I yeah. would. Be, it's it is not always a show for the faint of heart, and it's sometimes a bit intense, but um, never in a way that relies on. <sighs> they try to largely avoid um, having too much in the way of real world things being the focus. Okay. It is usually extrapolated to enough of a degree that, like, it's it's not realistically going to happen to you, don't worry about it. Okay. Um, which I think makes it easier listening than it might otherwise be. But it's, uh, yeah, it is a very good creative uh, horror storytelling podcast that I very much enjoy. Um... The only criticism I have of it, in a very broad sense, is that its final episode is... It feels rushed. Oh, that's disappointing. It, it's 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 fine, it gets the thing done, but it very much feels like... Its final episode feels like it needed to be longer to give the story it was trying to tell the same level of detail and quality and not being rushed that the rest of the series had and instead they try to rush their ending into a the same 20 minutes they usually do and as a result it felt a bit here is the bullet points we're getting through quickly okay. um so like if you if you start listening to it and enjoy it brace for a maybe slightly rushed finale eventually but it's a very good journey to get there it's quite ambitious and very well put together and I very much enjoy it. I might give this a listen to. It's, it's yeah. I hadn't heard of it before you mentioned it to me so I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. It sounds yeah. sounds a little a little SCP kind of It's it's a little bit SCP if SCP was done through You know how with SCP there's usually like a lack of continuity where it's like yeah. things might contradict each other they're all very like di- happening in different places and not connected, this has a bit more of a connective tissue. It is one organization investigating lots of things, and the people narrating it becoming a bit more involved in a consistent narrative. Hmm. But like, if you enjoy SCP stuff, I think you'd I probably enjoy this. Yeah, I-, I think this would be a good vibe for you. Nice. I I like a I like um. Like a little bit of SCP, like a little bit of creepy pasta every now and again. So yeah, yeah, that's something that'll that'll tickle my tentacles. <laughs> uh, did you have anything you'd been listening to horror horror wise? I don't think there is anything that I've been listening to horror wise at all. Um, it's mostly been games or movies with me or TV series. And... Oh. If if you have any more of those you fancy chatting about, we could get those done before we wrap up. Yeah, okay. Um let's let's see. I've been a game I've been just just kinda dipping dipping in dip, dipping my toes back into for a little uh little casual kinda kinda play is a game called World of Horror. Ooh. Which is it's made by it was made by a single Polish developer and it's got it's got this amazing uh Junji Ito inspired art style and you kind of kind of like it's 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 in early access and it hasn't been updated for for a, 
quite a long time so a lot of people are skeptical about the game if it's um as of time of recording whether it's uh. going, going to be updated further or not but for what it is it's sort of a, like a little little roguelike kind of storytelling thingy with rpg mechanics but the art style is really really nice it's that it's it's almost Junji Ito via MS Paint, and I I ooh yeah. If you look this up, it look it looks very cool, and I yeah quite a what, fan what, of what was the name of it again? World of Horror. And being being a fan of Junji Junji Ito stuff, like it's oh. it, it definitely tickles that same yeah. Ver- I can definitely see the Junji Ito inspiration very quickly here there's a lot there's a lot of other influences there as well there's a lot of lovecraft in there and there's a lot of um just general um urban urban Mm. myths so a lot of a lot of japanese urban myths specifically because the game is game is inspired by junji ito and it is set in in japan and yeah this i think i must say this game does a fantastic job of um Portraying really good horror imagery in this sort of low, low resolution, black and white, um, almost sort of dot matrix esque art style. Yeah. It's it's very visually striking. It is, and some something it does something that it it does is it kind of it kind of gets the 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 hesitant page turn when you're reading Junji Ito. Mm. Whereas there are certain things in in the environment that you can interact with, like um, you you actually have to slide open a window, and and it's an active thing that you have to do. And it's it's something that you get a little jump scare for from it, and it's done wonderfully because you you actually have to slide yeah. the window over a bit, and you have to be actively involved in approaching what's coming yeah and it's it's it, it just it mm, it's it's marvelous it has a lovely soundtrack as well it's uh probably not quite what you expect going in but really worms your way in there and uh, i've been enjoying a little more of that recently definitely something yeah. something worth checking out if if you if you go in conscious that this is in early access and has not been updated in a while, and may not get updated again, maybe question mark. Yeah, I I hope everything's okay in in that regards. And it does it does get updated and fully released at some point. But yeah. but it's it's an interesting little game and some something that tickles me as well is um the 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 guy who made it is a he's a Polish um, dentist. Mm. And um, Junji Ito himself worked as a uh, worked in a in some role as a as an assistant dentist. I I can see how being a dentist would uh, interact with horror. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a it's lot of people having very unpleasant thing. times that you have to be engaged in creating. <laughs> The only other, the only other thing now that I've been, that I have played or I've been playing is I played a couple of demos uh, during that uh, Steam Next Fest. I don't know where you were you um, were you looking at that and seeing what kind of demos were up, but they had the demo for Inscription up 
there. Ooh, and tell me, that tell was, me about ins- tell me about inscription. That was marvelous. It's um, same guy who made the hex and Pony Island. Oh yes, this is the the card based thing. Yes, in the, the de- deck building yes. kind of. Yes, I'm. I I didn't touch the demo because I know that I really enjoy this creator's work and I'm like I don't need a demo I'm I'm just excited to check it out when it eventually yeah. releases. How 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 was the was the demo good then? The demo was was very good. Uh so it's it's coming out uh, as as of time of recording next week. Oh, I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah, so it's it's coming out oh. it's coming out before before Halloweeny time. So yeah, it is. It is marvelously creepy. It it does. It it does a lot to kind of make you feel like there's 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 always something more going on and something happening that just isn't isn't said. And mm, I'm I'm very eager to 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 dive into the full game when that comes yeah, out because that I, is yeah. I am very intrigued by that one. I might have to give that a go next week. Thank you for letting me know it's coming soon. No problem. And the only other thing then is a is a game called Incantamentum. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, Incantamentum. I tried the demo for that as well. Uh, it's a little point and click adventure, and it's it's does enough to really kind of. Pique my pique my interests a lot, so not a lot happens in the demo. You're kind of investigating the Wel- Welsh countryside. It's it's interesting. I'm 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 eager to see where that goes. It's got it's got a very kind of Wicker Man esque vibe to it. That kind of folk horror that that uh, that always seems to tickle my fancy. Mm. So I think that's it from my end. I think Anything? that's it on my end as, as well. I think I think that's uh, as good a place as any for us to wrap up. Yeah, there we go. We did some horror talk. Marvelous. Bizarre. So where where can people find you? Let's do let's uh, do the outro thing. Oh, we'll do the outro. Well, yeah. I, I'm a yeah. I can be found at Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, all that sort of thing. Uh, the big thing I've got going at the moment is I'm currently crowdfunding a book called Who Hunts the Whale. Uh, it's my first time writing a novel. I'm writing it with my wife. It's my first time writing a book with my wife. Uh, it is a novel set in a fictional big-budget AAA video game development studio uh, through the lens of someone horrified by the kinds of business practices going on within said studio. Um, definitely 100% fiction, not based on anything in reality, wink wink. Um, so go check that out if you search Who Hunts the Whale Unbound uh, you should be able to find it it's currently up for pre-order with a bunch of backer rewards other than that I do uh, I have other books, Uncomfortable Labels Things I Learned from Mario's Butt and Gender Euphoria, they're all out now and I do some podcasts uh, Pixel Squirt which is about video game character pornography um, Queer and Pleasant Strangers where myself and my wife talk about things we've played watched and listened to in the week uh, there is uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect, and Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each season's its own story. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. What about you, KC? Where are you on the internet? KC Explosion on Twitch and Twitter. 
but that's about it for the moment. I might have something coming in the pipeline that, uh, that I'm not going to mention just yet, but find me on Twitch. That's, that's where, that's where I do the live streaming games and all through, all through October and probably a bit into November, I'll be doing my Spooktoberfest, which depending on whether I can, whether I play enough of Darkwood, I might be playing some something else we'll we'll see uh planning to play inscription when that comes out as well i will probably do the same all right so shall shall i bid you adieu (gasps) you shall okay